Hello and welcome to the only fandom where we're used to starting in the middle and going from there. I'm Matt. I'm Luke. And I'm Max. And this is Force for Thought. Hello and welcome back to a the first normal episode uh, since Ahsoka started. Uh, we we're not uh, record. I would love to say we're not recording the night of Ahsoka, but that's not entirely true. Cards on the table. This is we're recording this the uh, the an hour before Ahsoka episode eight, the finale premieres. Um, I want to put that out there in case you're like, why aren't you talking about Ahsoka again? Um, because Max has a vacation and a deserved vacation uh, from this podcast. We're gonna look so stupid when Ahsoka goes to Burger King in this episode. <laughs> don't rush, don't rush it. So today we're doing. Yeah, yeah, cut that. I'm sorry. I want to have a better reveal no. for when we talk about Burger King, <laughs> which is only in two seconds. So while while we were away is what this episode is called, and it's because for the past a lot of has happened in Star Wars in the past um, eight weeks or so, seven weeks, and we haven't talked about much of anything because the only thing we've been talking about is. Uh, is Ahsoka because it's been on all of our brains. Um, and before we kind of hop into these kind of mini sections um, of what has happened throughout the fandom, whether it's, you know, us eating a certain fast food chain restaurant during every episode of Ahsoka, whether it's New Black series or Sideshow Collectibles, or whether it's the Lando show now movie, uh, we have to jump into the thing that we have all been digesting literally for the past seven weeks, which is a fast food chain that Luke Taylor came up with this idea that every week we'll get the same exact um, fast food chain. And then for my idea was every single week, we'll get the number one for the first episode, the, you know, th- uh, number three for the third episode. And we'd consistently do that. And so Luke, I feel like you are bursting at your seams to talk about this. So do you want to kind of take over this? Yeah, I want to justify right. myself because I know it's an outlandish <laughs> idea and you guys were not quiet about that. But my my thought process was there are certain experiences that are tied to certain memories and in I my life. That. You know, like a certain uh, album that you listen to on a vacation that you, when you listen to it, you think of that place or like a certain food you always used to eat somewhere. And when you think of that food, you think of that place and vice versa. And I wanted to artificially create that experience by having the same consistent food every week of Ahsoka. And so I wanted it to be something relatively easy, but that we don't eat very often. And so fast food, but it's got to be something we don't eat very often. So it's got to be a bad fast food. So we went Burger King because (laughs) no one just goes to Burger King. You got to have a reason to get Burger King. And after seven weeks of having Burger King every week, I can tell you exactly why we don't go to Burger King that often. It was not good almost <laughs> at all. It was ever. Well, the thing was, it was the same two menu items slightly different from each other every single week. And honestly, yeah. every single week, I was looking forward to it for the first couple of weeks. I was like, oh, I'm so excited for a Whopper, right? And then after every week, I'm like, I am Wednesday mornings just full of sodium, feeling <laughs> terrible. Yeah, so, so weeks three, four, and five, we got a variation of the Whopper. Yes. In weeks six, seven, and eight, we got variations of a chicken sandwich. The same thing. Next to no difference. Very, very we, minimal difference. Whopper-wise, we got the Whopper, the Impossible Whopper, and then the Whopper Junior. And chicken sandwich-wise, what did we get? We got the crispy chicken, the spicy chicken, and the bacon and Swiss chicken, <laughs> which is the one that we just had just just now because we're recording it the night of the season finale of Ahsoka, so we all literally just ate the bacon and Swiss chicken, which was probably the best one. Yeah, I'm sitting on that bacon and Swiss chicken, and it, it was good. I'm it, not going to lie. That one was definitely the best. We also had the uh, Burger King, which got extra points for a great name because, <laughs> hello, and it was just a regular Whopper with bacon, and it's like, why don't... We just eat like this every day. Why are we messing around with all these other menu items? We know what the good thing is. We we wanted to be thematic. I, I liked Matt's idea a lot. For the third episode, we had the number three. This is the eighth episode, so that just happened to be the number eight. It was a great idea. The problem, and here's my beef with Burger King and maybe fast food in general right now, is that you can't actually just Google what's the Burger King number eight because I think it changes so frequently, Yeah. and I uh, I think maybe it's also different in different places. So... I couldn't find it after a lot of looking it up on the internet and trying to. I'm like, this has to be a simple Google search. I don't know why I cannot find this. I know what you're thinking, I listener. Found... Go ahead and Google it right now because he's not lying. Because 10 minutes ago, we had this exact same conversation. And I said, no, you're just stupid. And I Googled it. It's not there. It I don't sh- know what to tell you. And this you. should be by zip code, even if it's different. You can yeah, find... they track our location. Exactly. Burger King knows damn well where I'm sitting right now. 
I found I found these pictures online of like just like physical pictures of their menu, and I was like, okay, this is fine. I'm, I'm zooming in, and it's items that I know that they don't even have anymore. So I'm like, this isn't accurate. It's the black bun whopper. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's always like something weird like that, which for some reason they always want to make like the number four, and then it just like changes up the entire menu, everything yeah. after that. So That's I'm like, I don't know what on. the number eight is. So for the last couple of weeks, I had to call Burger Kings and just ask them. I said, what is your number six or seven or eight or whatever it is? And my other grip, grip gripe there's the word I like gripe. <laughs> my other gripe with burger king is that nobody answers their phone i called so many burger kings just to ask them what's your number seven this was last week now and nobody answered i literally called four different burger kings oh, so it was wait. the fourth burger king that finally answered and to put us in this perspective you're calling in order to place an order or to like online presumably you're like hey what's your number seven and you're going on their mobile and ordering yeah it. i'm asking them and then okay. they say like oh it's the spicy chicken I say, thank you great and then i hang up and then i just go on the app and they have like under the chicken section they have the spicy chicken okay that, that makes sense. so convoluted that I is was, so annoying i was wondering why you were calling if you're just like in preparation nervous it was gonna be something you didn't like no because i'm a, I'm a <laughs> well we were doing this for like seven weeks straight so i got a, an account i have my rewards built up now <laughs> which means i'm going to be eating burger king at some other point in the near future which Ugh. This I is how promise get you. you. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be during our Ahsoka rewatch in, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> no, no, in a couple of weeks. We're, we're going to forget all about this, and someone's going to propose the Ahsoka rewatch, and we're all just going to be like, oh, yeah, I happen to have Burger King, too. I, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I can I can guarantee you that the next time I eat Burger King, I'm going to be like, ugh, Burger King? Well, Ahsoka was pretty good, though. <laughs> I bet, listener, when you clicked on this episode, you were not expecting a mini Burger King review. Yeah, why are we talking so much about Burger King? I don't know, but it's, aren't you glad we are? It's especially frustrating <laughs> because it's not like any of us even enjoyed the Burger King. It was no, pretty no. disappointing the, in its own way every single week. Whether it was the service, the fries, a couple weeks we thought, the fries. you know, the fries were bad every time. Let's just get onion rings instead. And the onion rings were not great. Yeah. They're onion rings, Somehow so it's like worse fun and different, but the they were not good. are undoubtedly maybe my favorite onion rings, and it's just gone downhill so much. And maybe... It's because they're a little cold. I, we are eating this necessarily the freshest. I mean, Luke, you live like 20 minutes away or so. Um, I guess I live 20 minutes away from you. So every time I bought it, I did go over your house. So I, I just think- um, I just realized that earlier today when I was talking to Luke, actually. Mm. I found out that the reason Luke said this was because he lives close to a Burger King, which I did not realize. I feel like Matt nor I live very close to a Burger King. So it was more just of a nuisance to us as well. Like I feel like yeah. we passed six fast food restaurants. That pisses me off, Significantly Luke. <laughs> closer than Burger King. My, my, the Burger King I have to go to is five minutes the opposite way from your house. And then I have to backtrack literally past my house. I see it going back. Yeah. Like, I'll see Lynn go get the mail as I'm driving back. Uh, <laughs> that being said, despite none of us liking Burger King, the experiment, I'd say, was a success. Was a success. The next time I have Burger King, I will undoubtedly think about Ahsoka. Yeah, but now when I think of Ahsoka, I'll think about Burger King and then turn. That's yeah. interesting which way that's going to go. No, no, it won't go that way because we're street? always going to be thinking about Ahsoka, every, but we'll very rarely think about Burger King. Every time I see Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, I'm like, I feel bloated. Like, I just need like, water. Like, I'm, my mouth is full of salt. Uh, Did I just eat an unsalted, undercooked French fry? Yeah. <laughs> but that's our review of Burger King and kind of our experiment. And uh, you know what? If you want to comment or send us an email or anything, please give us your suggestions about what we should do for... The Acolyte or Skeleton Crew coming up as well. Yeah, the leading options right now are baking bread or cooking eggs. I am not baking bread, though. I do not want to bake bread every week. That is such a chore. I don't want to bake bread eight weeks in a row. If it's bread, it would have to be just bread. Like, one week we'll have a rice, like a Reuben sandwich that's on rye. The next week we'll have, like, the sweet basil bread from Panera or something. I don't think we can bake bread. You can bake bread. All right, we'll workshop that idea a little bit more. Yeah, we shouldn't do it on pod. We can do this later. (laughs) Much more important things to talk about. Uh, and I so cannot far, bake bread for the uh, for the for the record, though. I would like to. So I mean, I would love to as well. I want to get back into baking. Also, the Great British Baking Show just came back on, and I'm loving it. Uh, moving on now to things that are more important and more focused, which is on this podcast. Maybe we should do the Burger King review last. Um, I feel the, like all of our listeners just hit like fast forward 15 seconds, fast forward 15 <laughs> seconds, and now they hit that part. Like, okay, good, they're finally done talking about Burger King. That's but you're I- wrong. I have one more thing I want to say about Burger King. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, I was really excited. I was going to say, that's what I do when I am listening to a podcast and they get to the um, scripted uh, advertisement section where they're like, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm like, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward until we get to the end. But yeah, we are not sponsored by Burger King. 
and we probably never will be because we do not like them. <laughs> Once they get a wind of this episode. Yeah, if the king is listening right now, he is putting us on his naughty list. And Force for Thought will never sell out. <laughs> well, we'll see how good the offer is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, to say. <laughs> I mean, he is a someone king. flashes money. <laughs> no, not, just, not just a Burger King. Does anybody... In two years from now, we're going to be talking about how great Burger King is, and someone's going to be like, those bastards. We were wearing crowns. Anyway, moving on to the Acolyte. So I want to talk about the Acolyte trailer leak. This is, yes, the trailer from six months ago that also leaked online, but yesterday um, it like fully did a, a leak, and you can't find like any trace of it, even on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, um, or like anywhere. It's just completely wiped from the internet. Um, has anybody watched it, whether it was yesterday or whether it was six months ago? I saw bits and pieces. I think six months ago I might have watched the whole thing, but because it yep. was shoddily recorded on yep. someone's up someone's sleeve at celebration, you, certainly it feels like you're only watching bits and pieces anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I listened to it with audio. I did not get much out of it. Basic oh, tone of the visuals. Yeah. Stuff looked cool. Jedi. It's what I'm looking for. I'm gonna watch the show anyway. So. Same. Max, did you get a I chance or look at it at all? I didn't get a chance to see it at all. I don't even think I saw it uh, six months ago or so. I know I know nothing about it. I did not see it six months ago either. Um, I thought this, you know, it's crazy. This is the second leak now of this. I mean, again, this was fully just online. This The other one was like someone's, you know, like phone recording. Um, I thought like two different things while watching this. And one of them was more about the actual visuals and about the actual trailer. With that being said, I also stopped watching it because I'm like, I just want to experience it. I love every morning... When I wake up, when a Star Wars trailer releases, I, I see I, I, undoubtedly a text from Luke or, or Max, mostly Luke, and, and it'll be like, this came out, right? Or I'll check like Facebook or something and see it, and I love being able to wake up, put my noise-canceling headphones on, and like watch the trailer completely just like secluded and like just in that moment, listening to the music, seeing the visuals, and then going on and texting you guys and analyzing the rest of the day. So I really like that. So I watched a little bit of it until realizing I don't want to spoil this for myself, um, but the visuals I thought were really cool. It gets me really excited. It's something vastly different. It, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about Knights of the Old Republic, and it, in turn, it feels like more of like the the Knights of the Old Republic. It feels like a lot, like you said, Luke, like a lot of Jedi, right? We see also like a yellow lightsaber, and then it also has this very samurai vibe for uh, to it. I know. Uh, it kind of feels like like a dojo when they're like uh, when they're meditating, uh, trying to reach out to the force, the younglings. Um, it has like this brightness to it as well, so it, it literally feels like a samurai film where it doesn't. It's not like dark and moody. Um, it's very different. We usually see the Jedi in a very dark and moody scene every time they fight, and um, this was very bright and blatant and and very different. I think in contrast from anything we've seen really. And then just to have that amount of Jedi as well, actually looking like they're going to fight and not just be younglings or so, just like in the the prequel trilogy. So I'm really excited for that because um, again, we there's nothing that we've really seen. Did you learn anything plot wise? It's assumed that the acolyte is a Sith acolyte, mm-hmm. and it's going to follow a uh, villain as kind of the main character do you know anything about that from what i've saw what i've seen no there seems to be obviously a main the, the main villain seems to be a female i assume potentially or that's one of the main characters they were focusing on in contrast with all like the younglings and then the jedi teacher and stuff too um but i i didn't again i stopped watching it like was there a release date in. There, I did not see a release date, but that was another thing I was going to bring up is that Skeleton Crew was slated originally, which we've talked about a little bit, I think mostly on pod, um, for this November. Skeleton Crew, for the listeners at home that don't know anything about it because it has not been advertised or even talked about by anyone in the Star Wars fandom, it's a live-action TV show, full budget, on a similar par of Ahsoka and Kenobi and Andor, and it's really flying under the radar. And yeah, like yeah. Matt was saying, it's slated to come out soon, and... Yeah. There's just no chance it's going to. No, that was my other point. And that's another topic I was going to get to later on, but which is called skeleton crew or lack thereof. And that's true. So kind of wrapping both of these things into one is that skeleton crew slated for November. No word on it whatsoever. It starts Jude Law as well as like the main guy. And that seems like a bigger kind of push. And they could be halting just until the, the SAG strike is over just to see if he can promote it more or something. With that being said, it's Star Wars. I'm not sure how much more promotion you need than it's Star Wars. They're doing the same thing with Ahsoka right now. And it's mm-hmm. obviously doing very well. Right. Um, Ahsoka, yeah, has, War- the, Ahsoka was- has the benefit of uh, name recognition, though, where a lot of fans of the animated shows and, I mean, her short appearance in Mandalorian uh, mean that people are already 
familiar with yeah, that character. True. That's true. And she has crew. lightsabers, so even if you're not, you know it's a Jedi in Star Wars. That's true, yeah. Skeleton crews are just people. They're not even Force users, as far as I'm aware. Presumably, but that's the thing. We, we know nothing about it, and I'm sure that's why, other than having Star Wars slapped on it, yeah. I'm sure that they want Jude Law out there telling people about it. And with that being said, they do have, I believe they had a, star, a skeleton crew trailer when also at Celebration when they showed Acolyte as well. And so the, the Acolyte trailer leaking is my only you know hint that that is going to come out sooner than skeleton crew because that presumably that's like kind of locked and ready to go and now i'm expecting that to be like this week or next week maybe the actual trailer to drop uh, i could be vastly wrong but um I, that just gives me that hint versus skeleton crew again mums the word on it we haven't heard about it in six months and it's supposed to be released next month now i kind of forgot it's october to yeah be honest. i remember when uh after celebration everyone was talking about the acolyte trailer and nothing almost at all about the skeleton crew trailer because it's all new and unique characters and so as far as the trailer goes it's not that much to get excited about it was early in production relatively mm-hmm. speaking so it wasn't like a full final trailer they just put it together for celebration for the people there yeah. and so there's not as much to get excited about but like the high the acolyte is taking place in the higher public so a lot of the higher public fans were really into it vanessa yeah. Rowe was going to be in the acolyte who's a character in the higher public so it was really cool seeing her and just the imagery with jedi with lightsabers and coruscant it's a lot more exactly attention worthy but it's you know what's interesting is the andor season two trailer leak as well what reminded me a lot of like the avengers original trailer where they shot a couple of things in cleveland and then they shot some stuff in la obviously and then they w- the trailer was basically some voiceover work and then one scene right uh when they're in the the ship together and I, it reminded me a lot of that for the Andor trailer, where it's just a lot of people walking, a lot of power I didn't, shots. I didn't see the Andor trailer either. It was another, like, a leak from Celebration six months ago. And so... Why are these leaks coming out just recently? If no, I think it was from six months ago. Oh, oh. Like, the, the act, that trailer was leaked. Max, did you, you said that was leaked again, though? Or no? I just saw it yesterday. Oh, interesting. Coincidentally, though, before we talked about this, I didn't... Yeah. The Andor one? So maybe it's been out for a while. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, it's not. But it was new, exactly right? what you just yeah. described, though. Like it is just like a lot of like different shots of walking and voiceovers and, and everything. Yet, it I'm was... excited though, because like it's that is the thing with Skeleton Crew. Though I'm not surprised is even with that trailer, it's like we know none of these characters. But that's what Star Wars is about: is not knowing any of these characters and being excited to see them. Do you remember when Finn popped up in the Force Awakens trailer? We're like, oh my god, who is this? Yeah. A stormtrooper yeah. their helmet? That was a really like, exciting trailer. Exactly. Moment. And so it's like for me, the trailers always are like so exciting because it, you know nothing about the characters, and then that's what it's supposed to do is make you intrigued and fall in love with that music and then you get the setting for me with the accolade trailer for watching like 30 seconds of it i'm so excited to see that setting because it looks vastly different than anything that we've seen so far same thing with andor even andor season two looks different from andor season one yeah this is giving me a lot of thoughts now that i'm thinking about that finn trailer from the force awakens we should do a whole episode about trailers because the last jedi trailer was so good and the rise of skywalker trailer was bad and it was oh man i you just like the Rise of Skywalker trailer? It, it spoiled the whole movie. It had Luke's voiceover from the one scene Luke is in. It had the people's fleet showing up on Exegol, which is like the emotional climax to Poe's Yeah, but char- you know that's going to happen. You know it's going to happen, but you can't show it in the trailer. It's the climax to Poe's character arc. I think the Rise of we, we, gotta, we need to talk about this later. There's too much to talk yeah, about, but I, I disagree. So hardcore. It. And also, I think that the, the Rise of Skywalker trailer theme is one of is maybe the best trailer song that they've ever done. It's so emotional. It is, it it's so impactful. Song, yeah. It's so good. But that, you could still hate the trailer like the song, though, so that doesn't really matter. So, you know, maybe and maybe I can eat my words, but we – I don't think I will. But we do. <laughs> we should do – that's a great idea, Luke. I love that, epi- I love that episode idea. Um, something that, about the Acolyte thing that I just want to mention, and this is kind of thinking more existentially versus the actual trailer itself, is that I think, you know, as a Star Wars fan, and we're in such an interesting place where – I want more Star Wars, right? But something I don't want to happen, and I keep talking about and kind of bashing the MCU, and, you know, to be completely honest, from 2008 to, like, 2018, I was very in the MCU. I mean, I enjoyed it. I never, like, read the comics or anything, but I like the movies. I like that lore. It's it's fun. It's something you, you know, Max and I and our friends would always go to see other movies and stuff together, um, and it was a lot of fun, and we I liked that a lot. We can theorize, and it was it's a blast to do. Um, and so there's nothing knocking the, the MCU necessarily, but something I don't want to happen with Star Wars specifically, and is one is like what Kathleen Kennedy keeps saying, is that she wants to make an event, which has now become, you know, the Ahsoka has become an event, which is great, and I want them to keep doing that. And I think another part of it is I just don't want them to come out with too much too quick, which is where I think the animated shows can kind of fill that gap a little bit versus having so much. And I'm so excited to see everything. Like, the Acolyte, I'm like, oh my god, more Jedi? That's awesome. Like, it, it literally feels like Knights of the Old Republic, but, like, in uh, in a different era. Um, and it feels like there's so much, you know, Andor, different 
grittiness, right? We have Ahsoka. We have so much to look forward to in Skeleton Crew. We have all these IP and all these new shows. But my worry is I don't, I'm excited to see all that, but I don't want to see all of it so fast. And then all of a sudden, as a fandom, you know, from 1977 to, to uh, 1999, there was only, you know, really three movies. And then from nine from seventy seven to two thousand five, there was only six movies. So most of our lives there was like six of these Star Wars movies. And now we're getting Star Wars shows every year. And I just my only worry is I don't want to dilute it by being so excited to see the next thing. And part of me is obviously like, no, I want to see it all. But like, I wouldn't mind spacing it out just a, just a bit, because um, I do want. I've been dying to see Knights of the Old Republic since the game. All I want to see is a bunch of Jedi, right? And we haven't seen that yet, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I in the same regard. I, I absolutely agree with you, and I hope uh, Star Wars is learning some lessons from the MCU. I will say a couple of the key differences, in my opinion, because I, too, have fallen off with the MCU quite a bit uh, for two reasons. One of them is uh, the, the whole multiverse thing, and it's what kind of made me nervous about the world between worlds to begin with yes. because we didn't know how they were going to use it. Um, I, you know, Theoretically, time travel could be incorporated into the world between worlds, but I think Dave Filoni has made a big deal about how that's not what it's intended for. That's not how it's supposed to be used mm-hmm. and i think that's a good thing because the reason for me for falling off with the mcu is the multiverse it doesn't it, it doesn't give anything any stakes anymore people can be introduced people can be killed off and none of it matters yeah. um uh, doctor strange in the multiverse of madness was super fun but they introduced professor x uh captain britain uh john krasinski as uh mr fantastic yeah. they all died within two seconds and none of it meant anything because it's like oh well there's a million of them in a million different universes so it's like yeah. okay well you know i don't see a reason for me to be attached to any of this then the other key difference i think is um uh, a lot of the name recognition with some of these marvel heroes and it seems backwards to me their approach with giving certain characters tv shows as opposed to movies because they give their bigger characters like spider-man movies because spider-man can put people in the seats and they want you know big box office returns on spider-man but that means that we as an audience are only spending two and a half hours with spider-man and then they give us these tv shows with whatever eight episodes of she hulk or captain marvel and it's like well we don't or ms marvel i should say and it's like we don't care about these characters as much as as uh (laughs) spider-man so i think star wars does have uh an advantage where they can incorporate new uh characters and they can make us love them just as much as we care about the characters in like the skywalker saga yeah i think it's a that's a that's a really great call i feel i i i agree uh sorry Luke, i thought you're gonna say, show me something you the, a, luke's to me for the for the listener luke is holding up a notebook and i don't know what it says it says i have a force for thought at the end of the episode. that's from last week though right <laughs> it is but i saw it there and i do have a force for thought oh at the okay end of the episode. okay i thought you were just showing me like okay like max wrote that last week to signal yes I, <laughs> okay uh, that was no. so sorry it didn't work out as well as i envisioned it no i'm head, so sorry it threw me off my game <laughs> just to uh just to put a bow on it, though. So I, I think the MCU is kind of uh, stuck with, you know, having to use the characters that they already have. The MCU can't mm-hmm. really create new characters. They're going off of comic book characters, yeah. and now they're just going deeper and deeper and pulling out more and more obscure characters, whereas Star Wars is at liberty to create. And yeah. I think that's a, a big uh, leg up on the competition. And it's an, it's an odd thing where I think... Um, Star Wars in its current state, there's a lot of people like us who love it, who watch the animated shows that are like being rewarded, like we talked about. But there's other people like uh, one of our uh, the the composer of this show, Josh Vanderzynen, or my brother Mike. Um, they both don't care about Star Wars anymore, which is like so odd to me. And it's because they, I, it's not necessarily fully because of this. Um, and I'd love to actually figure out why they don't and talk to them about it more, maybe on this podcast. But um, there's this this sense of they haven't watched that stuff and they feel like they're almost being like mistreated or something. I feel like in a weird, weird way for a fandom where I think, uh, I, one of my new coworkers was talking about how she doesn't know much about star Wars, but has been loving Ahsoka. And so I, to me, it's like, I think you have to come into it, not thinking like you're being betrayed or something in a fandom and just being like, yeah, you can enjoy this as well. And it's so odd because I think as a fandom, any fandom, but like, you know, once you're given something, you're like, I don't know if that was as cool as I thought it was, right? And so, like, Knights of the Old Republic, for example, again, since the video game, been, like, really interested in seeing that. And the same thing with, like, the Kessel Run. But then we see the Kessel Run, and then people, like, for some reason just forget about that cool sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, like, don't think it lives up to what they thought it was going to be. And so all these things, I think, can culminate to, again, like, your expectations are just going to set you up for failure, I think, if you have them too high or if you think that your idea is going to be better than, um, what you know, what's being presented on screen. But, again... 
not necessarily worried, worried about Star Wars and that's the direction it's headed. But like, I don't like having, you know, I feel like there's some conversations been creeping up to like, oh, how, how, how do you like Star Wars kind of in that direction they're going? And I would like them to, I'm excited every single time something comes out, but you know, I wouldn't mind taking a couple, like a six month to a year break now after Ahsoka, to be honest. Um, and I, Bob Iger made statements recently about that oversaturating the market, and I think he he talked about it a lot. I think it was in the context of the MCU, but I think he said like Marvel and Star, Star Wars, yeah. and so he kind of looped it all in together. So um, I I agree with what you're saying, and yeah. I think that is something that Lucasfilm is definitely conscious of. They don't want to do too much too yeah. fast and oversaturate the market and not turn out anything of yeah. actually superb quality. Yeah, and when you have shows like Ahsoka, when you have shows like Mandalorian, they're going to keep going, and there's going to be multiple seasons and more seasons, and you can tie things in, and I feel like the slate of having potentially three, and they've already cut back the slate so much in comparison to what they announced a couple of years ago, mm-hmm, and so yeah. I think having like three movies uh, is a great plan. Again, unknown of when they're going to come out or how far away they're going to be from what each other, but I think that's a, a really great call. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. Again, I, it's just it's a it's a game you're gonna lose eventually if you're just trying to pump out content that's quality and keep the viewers around, especially for a Star Wars the Star Wars fandom that has been around since '77. So you're trying to treat you know old fans and new fans alike, and that's a really tricky thing to balance. But I think Maxie, like you said, I think they're doing it right. I think they're going to continue doing it right because the MCU luckily has paved the way and has started to. Not luckily, he started to fail, but like for Star yeah. Wars fandoms, it started to fail, so we can yeah, learn did. from their they, mistakes. They started to make these mistakes, and I, I'm hoping people are going to learn about it because, uh, yeah, like you said, like 2008 to whenever uh, like Endgame right? was, yeah. 2018, it was 10 years. Was I mean, Marvel was untouchable. I mean, they could yeah. do no wrong. Every single movie that they turned out was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then ever since then, it's like. 50 50 with it being okay or just bad yeah i mean even then even when you're you're saying you're from that to those 10 years they can turn on anything but like i i still don't love the first thor i still don't love i actually like i don't mind dark world for some reason i don't know why but like i don't like the first thor i don't like iron man 2 or 3 but at the same time at that time you're excited to see those characters and you're like you're able to spend two hours with them because that's the only other way you're going to get any sort of superhero content yeah not to make this too much about the mcu but that was also very early on in the mcu and i feel like we didn't have a whole lot to compare it to at the time because yeah i feel like those movies came out we were like okay that was fun you know it wasn't as good is like the first Iron Man or something. And then like, you know, once the first Avengers came out, maybe yeah. after that is when they really started to kind of turn everything up. Exactly. Anyway, getting away from the MCU and kind of these thoughts, um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic trailer. Speaking of Knights of the Old Republic, I keep talking about it consistently. Luke, you texted me earlier about this. Yes, the Knights of the Old Republic was expected to have a remaster for the PS5. It was announced uh, in 2021 with a short little teaser trailer that got a lot of people really excited. It's a very beloved game. I've never played it because I don't care for single-player games. Um, But I was going to play the remaster, so I was bummed to see that Sony has scrubbed it from the internet. They deleted their tweets about it. They made the video uh, trailer on YouTube private, and they didn't say anything. They just are trying to hope it it silently disappears and no one ever thinks about it again. Which is not working out because everyone noticed <laughs> and everyone was talking about it on Twitter. And then I saw, I'll pull up the direct quote, a Sony spokesperson came out and said, uh, as part of normal business, we delist assets with licensed music when the licenses expire. Uh, the mu- the only music, <laughs> yeah, that, that was their quote, the rest is from the article. Um, so they're claiming that it was a licensing thing, but the only music in the trailer is Star Wars music from Disney. It's like... Now I'm now I'm just pissed off. Like you yeah. remove this and then you hope we don't notice. And then when we do, you try to insult us by talking about some stuff you think we don't know anything about. Like that is not what happened and everyone knows it. Classic Danny Masterson Amilo or Ashton Kutcher Amilo <laughs> Kunis with Danny Masterson. Yeah, that is it is super upsetting, especially since that is such a beloved game and all of a sudden they're like hyping people up. Like I was just talking about it. I'd be excited to revisit that game. It's been a very long time since I played it. Was yeah. there an expected release date? No, which so I, they just released this trailer without an expected release they date. They do that with claiming, video games all the time, but it they're is. claiming that the licensing was only what for a couple of months. But they released this trailer <laughs> for it anyway, knowing that they were going to lose this license. So they just consciously decided, like, you know what, we'll put out this trailer way ahead of time, and it's only going to be out for like three months. No, of course they didn't do that. I agree that that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. How about uh, Star Wars Eclipse though? Right, like that game was released. A year or two years ago? Yeah, or same, same story. Because that, that's how video game releases go. They announce it after the first table read of a 
elevator pitch and then the CEO comes out and he's like, oh, we got to announce it, get the buzz going. And then it's like six years until it gets released and then it gets canceled two years into development. And the same thing happened with Star Wars 1313. Yeah. A slew of other video games. The whole industry is either even announce your video game six years early or announce it like two months early, which I think is also severely flawed. And even yes. the ones that do come out end up getting panned because I, I remember the huge debacle over Battlefront 2 and how oh, yeah. uh, they it was there's was a lot of pay to play. Like I think there's like a lot of mm-hmm. skins that they were charging people for and like you could have unlocked Darth Vader by playing the equivalent of like two years or something yeah, like it was that. Something absurd. That was the single most downvoted post on Reddit history still today. Um, That's a really interesting fact. But the what was more frustrating part. Fill me in though, because I'm trying to recall the details of that story. No, you're about you're about right. It was just uh, they included way too many microtransactions and they put all of the playable heroes and villains behind a steep no. challenge or paywall. It was the comments from uh, who did that? Was that EA? Yeah, yeah, it was EA that said. Um, we wanted to give our players a sense of pride and accomplishment yes. to unlock these characters. <laughs> and everyone flamed him for it. And everyone said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So they're like, that's why you made it to the equivalent of like, you have to play for two years before you can unlock this. Because you want to give people pride and accomplishment when they unlock it. But or at the same time, it. they're saying, or you could just give us 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the most insincere. Yeah. And, and it's so frustrating. Predatory time, microtransactions. Um, Battlefront 2 came out in 2017. And it was a live service game for... I think five years. I think last year was the last update, and they have uh, stopped updating it now since. But it is now a great game. Like, they mm. did continuous updates, uh, free DLCs and stuff, and got rid of all the microtransactions. And Battlefront 2 today is a spectacular game. And so many people still won't give it a shot because they remember all of that horrendous PR. They say, no, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Go tell that to EA. <laughs> it sacked this game. I just played. Uh, remember, uh, in a, during a winter break, I believe when we were in college, I went over your parents' house when we played it. I think Luke, you were gone or something, and I think it was your version of it. Yeah, yeah, that was, that that was, was a blast. Um, I just played it a couple months ago, and I agree, it was it's a lot of fun. I think it was on Game Pass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think something about like the TV and movie industry. This is saying a lot. I feel like is you can at least rely on them, right? A little bit. Like the the game industry makes no sense left or right to me. Because things take so long to develop. I mean, look at Bethesda, for example, right? Like with Fallout or Skyrim. There's Skyrim came out in 2012, and there's been I don't know eight different releases for it. Whether it's like it's on the Switch, there's a VR version, mm-hmm. and yet there's no word of like the next Elder Scrolls game. And it's like, well, oh, GTA came out in 2013, ten yeah. years ago, and there's no word. I mean, people like you know speculate that it's going to come out in 2024, 2025, but it's like. I know that stuff's incredibly complicated to make, but, like, what is going on? <laughs> I know. It's to the point where it just sucks all of my enthusiasm out of it. Because that Star Wars Eclipse trailer for a video game to be released in an undisclosed number of years from now yes. has a fantastic trailer. One it of looks the best. so cool. Yes. And then I see it's a video game, and I'm like, it's not. It's never going to exist. What's the point of getting excited? You see these news articles, I feel like, every month about a new Star Wars game in development, and... There's always 10 Star Wars games in development. It's one of the most popular IPs in the world, and yeah. video games, a massive industry. They're always trying to make a Star Wars game work. We don't need to hear about every single rough pitch that you hear yeah. in these meetings. Moving on from Knights of the Old Republic, the Galactic Cruiser just had sailed its last voyage, I think as of this record, two days ago at Disneyland in Florida. That's um, sad. Yeah, yeah. Something that none Short-lived. of us... None of us have experienced, but I think, I don't know about you, but I really wanted to. It's just, I mean, there's a lot of good things going for it and a lot of things wrong with it, right? A lot of things going for it is that it looks like the ultimate Disney thing or the ultimate Star Wars thing you could do, right? It's you know, Only Disney could really provide that, let's be real, right? It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> for that quality, I mean, you can go around, you can interact with different characters and the ship and it's like a show and it's it's uh you can kind of pick and choose and you have different yeah. entrances and exits to batu and it feels like you're actually on a mission it's interactive there's yes. role playing there's like secrets on board that you can do and there's like a story that you can follow and every single thing about it just seems so far up all of our alleys like that is something <laughs> yes. that we would all absolutely love we are yep. the prime demographic for that and then they're like and it's only like two nights and it costs like 2500 dollars, and that's where everyone's like oh 
Okay, right. I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, and because that's not including travel or anything, and it's like who's going? Right, to you Disney still have to get there. Days? Yeah, and then it's like that's two days, right? But it's like you get there on the first day, so it's technically not a full day. And then the second day, you're like, okay, well, I not got to go to bed early because I have to wake up and do like I have a seven a.m. flight. <laughs> so then it's like really, it's like you have a couple hours, and it's like in theory, it's the perfect thing. If it, the only downside is that it's attached to a theme park, honestly, like the yeah. whole thing is like, yeah. It's attached to about two, but how much better and cheaper would it be if it's by its its own singular thing? I'm just like, man, if I could go there That'd for for a night, or even honestly, not even a night, it'd be great if it was like a laser tag esque arena, like that big, and you're able to go there for a day and just basically role play Star Wars for a full day. Yeah, I'm like, that's kind of all I want, and there's nothing there that has been able to any touch that anywhere near it. But it's you know it's failed. Like they also have a cocktail there that's like two thousand dollars or something. It's like. Who is this for? I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when they release that, it's like, that's not a brag. That is like, that's being like, I don't know. It's being blind to who your fan base is and also limiting it, your fan base to whoever can afford here can go here. And it's not even who can afford here. Like, I think we could all probably afford to go, but it's like, are we really going to do that? Like, I don't know. We're like married people with like kids and stuff and like mm-hmm. mortgages and it houses. It takes and a lot of time again. to pull our trigger on. Like, I feel like whenever we would talk about it, we, we always kind of talked about it in the context of like, oh, you know, when we do this someday. Like, yes. I feel like we all agreed that like we should and would do it someday. It's just something that like, yeah, because it's so expensive, you kind of have to put a lot of thought and preparation into it before. You a lot can of convincing. Of, yeah. And a lot of convincing of, of wives and stuff. Um, but it just takes a lot of time before you pull the trigger on that. That's something that me and uh, a former coworker of mine, Chris, used to talk about a lot. Um, and fired. we would have, uh, 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 no, <laughs> no former kidding, coworker. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I don't work there anymore. I, I took a new job, so I'm not there. <laughs> sorry, you paused, and I was like, oh my god, did he actually get fired? <laughs> um, uh, but he always talked about uh, wanting to go there um, with his kids, and when that was announced, he texted me, and it was, it was a bummer. Well, he was, was like just say, making his trip. I think he was supposed oh, to go like early oh, next no. year or That's, something. So I was gonna say when I the, not the goal, but in my head I was like when I turned thirty, I'd love to go to the Galactic Cruiser, and then um, I turned thirty in this past July of twenty twenty three, and then I think I was like you know just like thinking about it maybe a little bit, um, a little bit earlier, and I think like a week that week I was like maybe I will actually start planning this. It was like the classic cruiser is setting sail for the final time in September. And it's like, instead of me wanting to be like, I got to rush to go do this before it's closed. I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like who, again, if we, right. the three of us are not, have not got gone and done this, like who, who has, and I'm sure they thought about this beforehand, like in all of their business plans and everything, they talked all about like, you know, expected revenue and stuff. It is just jarring to see something last so short. I mean, it's been out. How long was this out for? It was out for almost a year. Yeah. I mean, it was not out for very long. And the last thing that I want to say about the the Star Cruiser, um, the Halcyon, is the comic book tie-in called Halcyon Legacy. I have it on my wall right there. I wonder if that's going to go up in value now because of this. It might go down. (laughs) It's a it's a five issue miniseries, and it's called the Halcyon Legacy, and it's about the legacy of the Halcyon, and it's told through this perspective of a traveler who's. uh, hearing all of these stories from a droid on board who is telling these stories from all the previous voyages dating all the way back to the time of the High Republic. There is an issue during the uh, prequel trilogy, during the original trilogy, and it just like spans all across time. And the whole message of the the story is just how long the Halcyon has been around <laughs> for. And how I thought, like I thought you were gonna say how much you should go and pay to stay at the house. <laughs> well, I mean that's the unintended, that, that, or that's very intended. Yes, that's what they're trying to do. But no, like the whole message is like how like oh no matter what uh, I think there's like pirates or, or first order or something boarding. I don't know what the, I forget what the actual mm-hmm. story was, but the droid was basically trying to calm the nerves of this uh, young passenger, saying like, listen, this thing has been around for a very long time. It's gonna be around for a lot longer. You got nothing <laughs> to worry about with the Halcyon. And that's it's just, so, it's probably going to be one of the most ironic comics in uh, in Star Wars history now. Hindsight. This, the other thing is, like, the, that's jarring, is that they weren't even like, let's just cut the price by, like, a grand to see what happens. They're like, nope. Back it up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it did seem expensive, because you got, like, full-time cast members on board. You got to pay them. Yeah. Like, it, it did look like it had a steep overhead on yes. a, as a, like, a business venture. So I'm not surprised they couldn't operate it off any less, but design it differently then i know you yeah. gotta know that's offer, not sustainable offer different packages different prices like i feel like even movie pass tried different yes. uh 
even different pricing options when everyone knew that that was tanking. Have you like have you ever seen a Star Wars movie always have a failsafe? Like, <laughs> don't rogue one yourself. You know what I mean? Like Jesus, just like a man hindsight. But yeah, it's unfortunate. But that happened uh, last month, and so oh or no, last month did it have a couple weeks ago? I said it was a couple days ago. I think it. I thought it was I September. Actually. I don't know when the. I exact think the last, last voyage. voyage I think the last voyage was this past weekend. As of recording it, as of this coming okay. out, I think it will have been then, like two weeks ago. Also, think about like the, the dwindling numbers. Can you imagine being on that set and all there's a bunch of actors and there's like four people amongst the crew that were sleeping there? It's like yeah. this is kind of weird. Actually, I don't know if I want this. <laughs> um, again, drop the price. Anyway, moving on. Um, Let's see, what do we have next? Oh, we talked about the skeleton crew. Um, this kind of can be a shorter one, but the Lando show. Much like we've talked about, guys, the Lando show is now a Lando movie. I very think, happy. I don't think it means that much in what? terms of likelihood to actually see the light of day. I think Lando, or you Donald, think it's still like fifty fifty? We'll ever see anything? Yeah, slightly way less than fifty fifty. I think Donald Glover slightly and his brother, <laughs> who are apparently the ones writing it, they are were new. workshopping it, and they said, you know, this would probably be better as a movie actually. And then they texted Kathleen Kennedy, and she gave him a thumbs up, like, yeah, just give me something. And then they they got that got out to the press, and they're like making a big story, like, oh, it was it's now a movie. I think it's still in its very young infancy, and. It's not likely to come out anytime soon, let alone at all. I I disagree. I think it. I think because Stephen Glover and Donald Glover are a part of it, the fact that Stephen Glover is a part of it as well, the last thing they would have done together would be Atlanta, which is a huge hit. So this is a huge win for Star Wars. It's not like Taika Waititi, who's got some hits and misses there, right? It's like Donald Glover is moving more into like producing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Taika Waititi was a hit at the time when they gave him a movie. And yes, then, and then so has gone. I don't. I don't want to give bad omens for That's Donald true. and Stephen Glover. S- Stephen's going to get the Star Wars curse now. The next thing he does is going to be a flop, and they're going to say, you know what? We're actually. Uh, shelving the Lando the project. The deck's kind of stacked against him, too, because I think it's at least 10 years before this movie comes out, if, at, no. if ever. Well, like we there. were just saying, with Bob Iger's recent comments, he was saying he's going to start pumping the brakes on some of this content, right? And we already know, I think farther ahead in production, are these other slate of three films that they already announced, which is James Mangold's Dawn of the Jedi movie, mm-hmm. which, again... Never, never coming out. Yeah, we're suspicious <laughs> that that one's going to come out in light of uh, uh, the reception for uh, the newest Indiana Jones movie. Uh, there's the Ray movie, and there's Dave Filoni's uh, Ahsoka verse slash Mando verse movie, and so all three of those I think have a better chance of coming out than the Lando movie, and so this is like kind of like the fourth movie that they have lined up now. Yeah. And given Bob Iger's comments about how they're going to start slowing the brakes or pumping the brakes, yeah, I'm I'm suspicious. That's what I think I think they are pumping the brakes by giving it a movie and not a show. I also think. Stephen Don Glover is so busy. I don't know if you saw recently, but they're moving production of the community movie to uh, Atlanta and not L.A. so that Don Glover can be part of the, that that movie. And I think he's just hunkered in Atlanta writing away for his next projects. And I think being a movie is going to be able to tell that story more concisely. And I think they learned from Kenobi a little bit, even though Kenobi we here all liked Kenobi. Um, I think, it, you know, we've talked about this in nauseam at this point, but it could have been much better served as a movie versus a, a miniseries. Uh, and I think they're kind of learning from that as well to be like, Oh yeah, maybe making things six episodes. So you're staying with characters longer. Isn't better. Maybe it's just whatever serves the story. So I have hope for the movie, the fact that it's a movie and not a show when it was a show, I would have been like, I don't think it's going to be, made potentially right but i think that the fact that it's a movie it gives a little bit more legs and the fact that steven and don glover are both running it together as the writing duo like they did in atlanta um i think that i think it's got legs and the thing that i do like about it uh if it does come out i i feel like a lando movie would be more of a spiritual successor to the solo movie and everyone wants solo yes. two. i don't think solo two is going to happen i don't know Mm-mm. if lando is going to have anything to do with the events of solo or have anything to do with kira or maul it certainly could um if i were to guess i would say it probably doesn't but the I idea the idea of a spiritual successor uh to solo does make me happy yeah i agree I would love to be proven wrong, but I just feel I'm not like deflated as a fan. Like my love for Star Wars is still at a peak, but the I'm just I'm just getting so tired of them announcing all these video games and all these movies and all these TV shows. It's like just shut up, give me something if you're <laughs> gonna give me something. If not, just be quiet. All right, we got a couple more topics here. We already talked about Skeleton Crew, but the the Living Force book, Luke. This is one that you also texted me about. Yes, that was announced. Um, during Ahsoka's runtime, it is uh, written by John Jackson Miller, who's a Star Wars veteran, and it is about the 
Jedi Council in the Phantom Menace era going on a mission. So that, that's really all I know, but that's all I need to know because I love the Jedi from that era and we don't get enough of any of them. We're gonna, It's like Yarrow Poof, Oppo Rancisis, Yaddle, a lot of great Jedi that we only ever see designs of outside of the Higher Public. The, those three in particular have all made pretty cool appearances in the Higher Public, but I am so excited to see more from them. And you know I love Yaddle. I'm a big Yaddle fan. And I think a lot of people are excited for John Jackson Miller to do it, right? Because I think he was a big author in a lot of the Legends books, too. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he's written at least one canon book. I think he wrote the A New Dawn um, with yes. the Hera and canon that's, book. That's part, yeah, that's canon, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he wrote the Kenobi book, which I know is very beloved in the Legends community. Yes. Yep. But I'm, I'm excited for this book. I don't i get excited for a lot of books and then i don't end up reading them but I, i'm really going to make an effort to read this one because i'm excited about these characters one of the best star wars books i read recently was the um rise of the red blade uh by delilah s dawson it was very good um and one of the reasons that that was uh I, one of the reasons i was interested in that book was because it had nothing to do with anything coming out a lot of times they have stuff that's like a tie-in to like oh this is like a lead-up to this movie or a tie-in to this tv show or the halcyon legacy this is promoting our our star cruiser you know um and that one was just kind of like it was its own independent story and that didn't have anything to do with anything and so i was like okay i feel like the possibilities are endless and i really like that prospect of it and i feel like that's the case for this one too uh going back to the phantom menace era i don't think there's anything there that they're trying to tie into maybe a tie-in to like the tail end of the high republic era but maybe that i doubt it but the thing I always worry about, which is why I love, well, part of the reason I love the High Republic so much is plot armor that's inherent in most of the Star Wars books because it's about the characters from the Skywalker saga that you know how they end up and it's not in this book. Um, at least two examples, Yarol Poof and Oppo Rancisis are in the High Republic and in the Phantom Menace and then not in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. So we really don't know how their story ends up, but they are suspiciously not in the prequels anymore after the Phantom Menace. And Yaddle. Yaddle also, but we saw her story <laughs> in Tales of the Jedi. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. And as a quick plug, go listen to Max's Rogue One about uh, Rise of the Red Blade. Yeah, I did not read that book, but I also quite like it because of that Rogue One. <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. So worst case, uh, give a listen here. Um, so on full display, the next one we have to talk about is Master and Apprentice. But to be honest, I did not have time to watch it today like I planned to. And I also <laughs> feel like that would be a lot better for a couple of weeks when we do a rewatch of Ahsoka or like Ahsoka wrap-up thoughts. So do you guys mind waiting for the thoughts, not to... Yeah, I, I don't need to talk about it. There's not much to talk no, about. No, 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 I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I know. You, you've already texted that. You've already talked about it. But uh, Don't want to give away too much. I actually have a lot to talk about, and it's going to be super interesting. <laughs> Wait for our next episode. Stay tuned. We're all going to wear Stay Dave Filoni cowboy hats. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. Can't we really set the, the listener up for, for that episode? <laughs> Next on Force for Thought. Yeah, the Master Apprentice. And the last one I have here, guys, um, I guess I have two more things. The last one I've written down is the new Black Series figures that are coming out and also Sideshow Collectibles. Does anybody have anything to say at the top of their heads for this? Because I have... Oh, yeah, big time. The ghost, you? the ghost ship, the HasLab yes. that got funded recently. Oh, I am super pumped about it. When's so, it shipping? Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's for a while still. Um, but uh, uh, for man, those you could have said when is it docking, when is it landing, man, <laughs> Luke, you really messed up there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Hasbro, who makes a lot of the uh, the Star Wars action figures, uh, has these projects that they call Haslabs, where it's like these huge, expensive uh, toys uh, that they can't really mass produce um, cost efficiently. So they have these Haslabs where they basically say like, hey, this is what we're making. If we get a certain amount of uh, backers for it. Uh, to guarantee its funding we're going to make it just for you guys basically so it's only for the people that back it sometimes they fail sometimes they don't um some of the uh, successful uh has labs in the past was uh the katana which is Jabba's sail barge and uh, uh the razor crest is another big one mm-hmm. um and then they did a couple more that failed um there was a, a six inch um scale uh, Rancor, which no one was really interested in, and their biggest kind of uh, miss was a uh, uh, an Inquisitorious um, lightsaber. It the was Grand- Riva's. It was Riva's lightsaber, I think. I thought it was the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, I think it was Riva's. It was one of the two, hmm. and it was coming. It was announced like right after the first episode of Solo, and I think Kenobi. they were. 
Kenobi, yeah, excuse me. Um, and I think they were really expecting a big uh, reaction to Kenobi that would help kind of sell this thing. And I feel like it just wasn't like as enthusiastic as they thought. No, it was Reva. I'm I'm almost confident that it's Reva. I was gonna drop it because but now I'm gonna look it up because I'm almost confident it was the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> <laughs> because I, oh. Hmm. I don't know if I should proceed until I hear more about this. I'll keep going. I'm Googling it. All right. Well, I think part of the reason it failed was because uh, Reva's character in particular in that show, people didn't really resonate with a whole lot. And it was a very underutilized lightsaber. Like yeah. you, you really don't see Reva use her double-sided lightsaber a whole lot. She actually never uses her lightsaber in combat except for against Darth Vader, in which he basically bests her without ever igniting his own lightsaber. Correct. So yeah. it's it's really a very underutilized uh, prop. In, in Star Wars and it was so expensive I think it was like $800 or something kind of crazy like that um, and it had a lot of features that they were really proud of but uh, you no one you just do Kenobis well they already been, those been done to death I guess yeah the... there's, there's already other um, Kenobi lightsabers that they have the elite ones and stuff um, it does seem like it was Reva's I stand corrected I'm sorry <laughs> Whew. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, because he just went on Otherwise, we would have had to edit all that out. <laughs> um, so anyway, so they announced the most recent HasLab, which was uh, The Ghost. Um, it's a, a vintage collection, which means that it's part of the three and three quarter inch line um, uh, Ghost, but it's it's a massive ship. I, I mean, I think it's like three feet by four feet or something like that. I was super excited about it. It's it's $500. It was fully backed within like a day, and there's like different tiers where it's like, oh, if we get this many backers, we'll also throw in this for free, and then this for free, and all the tiers. Um, but all the tiers were super cool, right? Yeah, it was all, it was all, um, uh, uh, Rebels uh, ghost crew action figures on like exclusive card backs and stuff yeah. and it was really cool and all of them were successfully funded um, I, I got mine and I'm super excited for it and yeah I'll, I'll probably have well I can't really do an episode on a, a toy yes, like that because that's, that's a very visual thing we'll, we can, we'll have to incorporate we'll have to work, visuals yeah, somehow we'll work yeah. it in because that's definitely worth a whole episode to be honest and I'm I'm super excited I'm super bummed I missed out because I already regret it I think I texted you I was like hey I'm kind of debating doing this and you're like hey you this is like the last day and I was like, oh, I there's no way. <laughs> That's too like, much pressure. Mentally, mentally, I can't figure. I can't. I can't. <laughs> the ones, the ones that have been successfully backed, um, at least doubled in price, like on the secondary market. So I was really debating, speculating on these and getting like a handful. Don't but tell But the them most you could get is five. Um, <laughs> and I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that. No. So I just got the one. But I'm super excited for it. It looks great. Yeah. And I'm excited for you to to see when it. When it finally docks, um, <laughs> and, and then also, so you're saying Haslab also prepares, unlike the, uh, unlike the uh, Galactic Cruiser, just no failsafe. Well, they try to, but I yeah. mean, I guess much like if the Star like, Cruiser, they they still have some misses. Yeah. But well, yeah. if, if it's not, if no one wants it, we're fine with that. But we're not gonna. Oh, you mean it, yes? They have a failsafe. The system that they yeah. have set up is in and of itself a failsafe because wow. they say like, listen, if you yes. don't want this. I really sure. thought you were going to get that okay. on the top of the, no, <laughs> the top I, of the. It show. took me a while to get there. All right, we got there. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut it. Uh, the other cool. Black Series toys that were um, announced and released during Ahsoka's release schedule uh, was mostly Ahsoka Wave. A lot of the characters from the show, uh -huh. and most of them look awesome, except for, regrettably, my favorite character, Shin Hati. Her toy looks like trash. Yeah. It is extremely disappointing. I gotta Google it again just to see. Yeah, go ahead and Google it at home if you're listening. But the face mold and the hair and the lightsaber is blood red and not orange. And it's just big miss on a toy. I'm pretty disappointed with it. To be honest, the Black Series is something that I never really fully... Um, I collected. Like, Luke, the ones you gave me, I, I absolutely love it. That's something that I kind of want to, like, maybe get more into. But, yeah, this is a bad face mold. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. like, there's something about that, like... Um, little bit of like disbelief like suspension of disbelief for these action figures for some reason and part of me is just like there's so many good ones that like part of me is that it, it is hard to suspend that disbelief where i'm just like but why is the face mold like that like <laughs> i know it's it's really interesting collecting them because some of them like shin hati it's a character that i really really like but the toy is just so bad and then the morgan elsbeth toy the character is pretty medium for me i wouldn't look for her toy sure. if it wasn't such a great looking toy i i do want it because yep. it's a great face mold and it looks like a fun toy and um the two real quick thing on toy wise um i don't know if if anybody's interested such anybody saw this but i saw ollie's the bargain outlet has yeah. trapper wolf helmets for thirty dollars oh yeah they, they, that's a great place to go for uh black series anything they have a lot of stuff there for good discounts i, yeah, is, I stop at most ollie's i see is, looking for them is ollie's everywhere 
No, I get excited when I see one. Yeah, I just I always associate. I, I only recently learned that there is one in Columbus. There is, yes. I, I I only associate it with really a Northeast Ohio thing, but it's got to expand a little further than that. I, I, I forget where I was. I w- I drive to St. Louis from Ohio for pretty often. There's at least one on that track. So interesting. Yeah. Um, last thing I have to talk about for the Black Series toys is the Maroc action figure. Um, it looks really cool. I think I might get one, but it's interesting because, uh, Maroc's armor is like, it's pretty rusted if you look at images and stills of it, but the Black Series toy, they really emphasize that. Like, there's like a lot of orange in his, in yeah, his armor. I saw And that. I think a lot of people didn't realize that his armor was rusty until they saw that toy. And they're yep. like, why is this orange? And then yeah. they went back and they're like, oh, I guess he's kind of rusty. Yeah. The Black Series really likes to embellish, I think those things too yeah the last thing that i have is the sideshow collectible series of the ahsoka show uh they've been dropping these uh over the past few weeks and they look spectacular <laughs> the sabine yeah. ren one looks amazing i would love to know what the technology is that goes into making these toys and models because the time sideshow, the sideshow collectibles are absolutely perfect yep. i don't get how that technology can be so perfect for mass production it's what's well, the thing i don't think it is superly mass produced i mean it's like like you, you have to when you oh, that order them. Yeah. yeah, they are limited. Yep, and so like there's a lot of like the wait list is open on a lot of these, and they're expensive. I mean, how much? I think it's like at two seventy usually is is what we're looking at for like the Ahsoka one, which is completely sold out, and then the yeah. there was Sabine one, I believe, has uh, wait list open. But they just dropped Chopper, and in Chopper's photo, they clearly took the photo together with Hera. I and mean, I know I texted you guys this when mm. that uh, came out, and I think I'll get the Hera one because I. I, mm. I love Hera. I'd be very interested in seeing that that hot toy, um, a sideshow collectible rather. And I think they're just dropping these little by little. And I'm a little surprised they're not dropping them. Like, just say there's like seven of them. Would you not drop them with every episode, like the day after? Be like, hey, look at this. Ep- look at this one. Like, yeah, they have. I don't know. They have. Maybe that would be blowing so it too soon. Maybe that goes back to everything we're saying about the video games, where they're like, hey, let's let's not promote this too much yet. Like, we're still <laughs> we're still working on this back here. That's true. Well, that being said, uh, we. Luke, we I texted about this a little bit ago, and the fact that like the Kit Fisto sideshow I thought was a newer thing, but you said 20, 2019 Comic Con, I believe. I, I also looked it up and saw you got one, didn't you, from Star Wars Celebration? Uh, that was a uh, from the prequel era. That's a twenty year old toy. They oh. released a new uh, mold, a new design on the Kit Fisto sideshow collectible, and I yeah. do really want it. I'm on. I emailed them for the updates and nothing. We'll see. Been a couple of years, and I heard crickets. Yeah, and mm. you know, we said we wouldn't sell out earlier to Burger King, but sideshow, anything with the Hasbro Lab Series or Black Series, we are open for business. <laughs> um, we will start video for you. Um, and the last thing I have to, uh, I guess, is like, uh, it feels like since all the Ahsoka stuff and hype has been happening, we've gotten quite a fan base now. So thanks everybody for listening as well. I feel like we've gotten some really, really nice comments, which have has made our day and feel like we're not talking into an empty void. Or again, the whole reason we did this podcast was to talk to each other about it, since the three of us unequivocally love Star Wars and uh, nothing's really going to break that mold. And we consistently talk about stuff and um you know, yeah. it feels like a nice place to be able to talk to each other about this. So I think we're obviously super open and welcome to to talk to anybody else about this stuff too. Not that you can be a co-host, but you can always leave comments or emails <laughs> or anything. And please do. It it really does make us uh, make us feel good about doing this because the yeah. truth is we'd be doing this uh, even if no one else was listening because this is just what we do with our lives. But it feels <laughs> really good that people are listening. Yes. And if you are new to the show, we promise we don't usually talk about Burger King this much. No, but we might start because I think we had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> we'll <have laughs> I new, don't want Burger King. We'll have a new segment. At least a long the time. new segment is every week we'll just review a new fast food restaurant for the first five minutes and then go into Star Wars stuff. <laughs> Does anyone have any force for thought? I do have force for thought. I was um, reading a Star Wars ABC book recently, and G was for General Grievous, <laughs> which is kind of lame, but it was a big picture of General Grievous, and he's holding his two lightsabers, not four. And I realized, staring at this picture, did you know that General Grievous has six fingers? Because when he goes to four, ha- four arms, his two arms split in two, and then when he has four arms out, they each have three fingers on the hand whoa does he no, have four fingers not. and two thumbs yes he has four and they articulate the other way so he has four fingers that all bend the same way like we do and then a thumb on either end that bends the other way so when he splits them in half he can still grip around the whole lightsaber with two hands 
two you know, different hands. Somebody in um, when did Revenge of the Sith come out? Two thousand five. Somebody in two thousand five really put a lot of research into I that. I always see like behind the scenes stuff of the mm-hmm. prop makers and uh, costume designers and creature design about all of the effort and thought that everyone puts into every little detail and i always think like you know is it is it worth it like is anyone going to notice and this is the first time i've actually noticed something i mean it's 18 years after the fact so i don't really know if they're going to get their praise for it like they deserve but i'm sure whoever designed so general grievous is listening this. to this podcast he's sitting in his basement right now yelling vindication <laughs> with a couple of tears rolling down their cheeks i guarantee yeah. it it was really exciting to see and i thought I, love that. I was like six fingers that's weird well no that makes sense and i googled uh Another picture to see if he always has six fingers, and I kept seeing the ones with four arms. I'm like, no, he has three fingers, and I had this oh wow moment where I was like, wait a minute, that's amazing. I, that's why I think Star Wars is worth coming back to because there's little de- like such little details like that you can consistently see too. Yeah, man, love Star Wars. All right, everybody, I think that was it, right? I think that's this episode. We have nothing else. We have to watch Ahsoka. We're behind now. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna go watch Ahsoka so that we can give you our review, which is weird because you're gonna be listening to this the week after that actually comes out. But regardless, if you have anything you want to say, add, feel free to uh, comment, reach out to us. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, TikTok, the whole shebang. Try threads, and I'm gonna make my last <laughs> predictions of not seeing Ahsoka, so this will be a week later. I think we're gonna get Zeb appearance. <laughs> All right. That's uh, the end. That no 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 talking back. We'll see. See you Sammy. <laughs>